Isaiah 52, verses 13 to Isaiah 53, verse 12. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them, they see. And that which they have not heard, they understand. Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him. And he had no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Mm. Yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we have, like sheep have gone astray. We have turned, every one, to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. And he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people, and they made his grave with the wicked." and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Mm. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, and makes intercession for the transgressors. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Man, I mean, this truly is, and I know I can speak in superlatives sometimes, but this truly is one of the best passages in the Bible. It's awesome. Uh, one is the clearest, most powerful, most evocative gospel passages. Uh, it's hard to read it thoughtfully. It makes sense why some people refer to Isaiah, you know, as like the fifth gospel. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's hard to read it thoughtfully without being stirred emotionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we started uh, at the end of Isaiah 52, which is kind of where this whole 
thought of the servant, the suffering servant begins and of course carries through all of chapter 53 as we read. And uh, gosh, it's obviously very powerful. It's this idea of, so there's the servant Mm -hmm. character in Isaiah. And, you know, we've talked about in the past few days, like it's kind of an interesting thing because sometimes when Isaiah is talking about the servant, uh, it seems autobiographical. Sometimes it seems forward-looking. Sometimes it seems to be referring to Israel Mm -hmm. uh, as a whole. And so today, like there's this epic kind of coming out of the inception moment where Isaiah has just been talking uh, in this somewhat autobiographical sense about, you know, the opposition that he faces mm-hmm. um, and yet the redemption that God is going to bring despite that. But we return to this, sep- this servant motif and in verse 14, uh, there's kind of this textual clue as many were astonished at you, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe is referring to Isaiah. Uh, God is, ref- he's comparing this great suffering servant to Isaiah, but as distinct from Isaiah. Mm-hmm. So that's where we start. And then there's an amazing promise in verse 15. He will sprinkle many nations, you know, sprinkling. Uh, it's a Levitical sort of uh, image, the sprinkling of the blood. Um, it's a purification sort of image. And then it gets into this incredible you know, passage we often hear around Good Friday and Easter and throughout the year of, you know, this, this young man who grows up with no majesty, no majesty, no beauty that he would be desired. And he bears the griefs of the world. But here's what's really interesting is where the passage ends. Uh, I think we can only take away from Isaiah 53 sometimes this idea of like Jesus as, you know, the suffering, crushed, tormented savior of the world. But the passage ends with the restoration and the joy of this servant, uh, the triumph of the servant. So, Jeremy, hmm. please tell us what what strikes you in this passage. Um, I, I'm glad you <laughs> kind of went through a little bit of like the how should we understand like the subject matter here? Because it is easy as Christians to immediately jump into like, I mean, this echoes of Jesus so perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, but I think, you know, one thing that's just helpful is to remember like a little bit of how prophecy works. I think I've just been thinking about that because we encounter people start to get used to like, oh yeah, Christians really like this and and read this and then people get critical of that and start to bring arguments against it. Like this wasn't talking about Jesus, you know? And so I think I just wanted to say a little something about that because maybe you will encounter that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just helpful to remember that prophecy does often have like a near to put it in like simple terms, like a near and a far Mm -hmm. fulfillment to it. Mm -hmm. So just because it does have something to do with a near context situation Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it doesn't have a, more full uh, fulfillment to it as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Those aren't like opposed to each other. And so I do think that's gotta be happening. Absolutely. Here. Like Isaiah doesn't know who Jesus is mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Um, and yet the Lord, it just kind of demonstrates the sovereignty of the Lord. I think I'm, I have a little bit of like a, wow, like God is amazing in this, mm-hmm. in that he, I mean, he worked this out so perfectly in the life mm-hmm. of Jesus. Right. And this was, written down like so much longer before 
And so I think we should we should worship God who is ordaining things, Absolutely. who is working out our salvation, who's pursuing us. Mm. I mean, who has who has given us thought to like put our sins on someone else? Like that's amazing. Mm. And um and you just see that he's so committed to that. Mm-hmm. And yet he's working it out in history, in real events, mm. um, in just in the details and the nuances of real events. And just further underscores that like I mean, God loves us, I think. And, yeah. And is, is working out, is going out of his way uh, to redeem us, to save us, to purify us, and to bring us into the joy of the suffering servant, mm. which you are ending on, you know. Absolutely. And I think that's a great reminder too, is that the path to joy is through suffering, mm-hmm. ultimately. Mm-hmm. There's joy in the Lord that really we wouldn't even have any access to if our sins weren't like, dealt with because mm. that's like it's it's just a barrier it's just a real barrier yeah so um those are some things that just i've been thinking about as we read this absolutely you know the the fact to kind of zoom out onto the passage as a whole the fact that jesus comes as one who identifies with suffering um you know as one who ha- has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows mm. i think that that is so profound in so many ways and it can strike us as profound and like a first reaction sense and that's good but i think there's even more depth there that changes our lives the more we think about it and so you know it's not just that like oh wow look at how good jesus is that he's like willing to suffer and that he's like willing to bear our burdens and willing to bear the curse of sin and yes absolutely that does totally just demonstrate and illustrate the goodness and beauty of jesus but, you know, I think one thing that this passage and passages like this, you know, around the suffering of Jesus that we can take into life is we are all going to face trials. We will all suffer in various ways, um, you know, whether it's through like great tragedy or just opposition or hardship or, you know, it, it can look like a myriad of things, but we will all as humans face hardship and i think when we understand jesus as one who knows suffering and sorrow intimately a door that can be opened for us spiritually is this understanding of like shared experience with jesus and so you know what i kind of mean is the the foundational way that we grow closer to each other as people you know as friends as family is through shared experiences, common experiences, right? And so, you know, like a fun example of that is like if you want to get really close with someone really fast, you should go on a road trip with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh Yeah, share an experience. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of people who I have like not known super well. And then we go on a trip together. Like for me, I do like a lot of worship, like, you know, travel somewhere with people and like make music there for a few days. And you become so tight so fast because there's this shared experience. Or, you know, if you walk through something hard with somebody, like that's on the more heavy side of this, but like that is very, very binding. Like Mm -hmm. people who've carried you through or you have walked with through really hard things, you know, it's a very deep, intimate bond. Mm -hmm. And with Jesus, there's this amazing perspective that this grants us where when we suffer, when we feel pain, we are our savior is a man of sorrows and and yet a man who overcame those sorrows 
but nonetheless, a man mm-hmm. who knows, he knows sorrow and temptation and pain mm-hmm. very deeply. Mm-hmm. He weeps. He weeps. And so we we can have this like heightened awareness uh, of shared experience with mm-hmm. Christ, uh, of knowing uh, things, not even to the full degree that he does, but of knowing our Savior mm-hmm. is there with us. And uh, there's this statue called Christ of the Deep. Um and there's a few around the world now, but I think the main one's off the coast of Spain. But the sculptor sculpted, it kind of looks like the statue of Jesus in Rio, mm-hmm. but it's underwater. Like it's at the bottom of the ocean. And so basically like if you go like scuba dive down there, the idea, it, they put this statue down there. It, it was a kind of Catholic thing for like sailors lost at sea. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the Christ at the deep, you know, Christ down there to receive these uh, yeah. drowned sailors. Mm-hmm. But there's a really profound thing in there that, uh, you know, as I was reading an article about it and this image that as we sink, mm-hmm. we look down and we see Christ has sunk even lower. Mm-hmm. And that is what Isaiah 53 kind of points out for us is that mm-hmm. as we sink and, you know, Judah is about to go into exile. They're about to bear the weight of their own sin in one sense. And yet they are granted this perspective to look down and see a suffering servant who's even lower, mm-hmm. who's drunken even more of God's wrath, who who has felt the consequences of sin even deeper. Mm-hmm. And it's someone who loves them and who accomplishes the task as 10 through 12 gets into and that God gives a reward to, and that reward is divided among many. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jesus, as it says here, makes intercession for transgressors. Yeah, I, that that shared experience mentality, I think, is very helpful because <clears throat> it has a double it has a double meaning. Mm. Um, there is the reality of Jesus bearing our iniquity, which, like, you just think for a minute about like your top five worst iniquities, mm. <laughs> and like, it's a, it's remarkable that Jesus would identify with that on the cross bear the punishment for that Mm -hmm. be crushed Mm -hmm. you know for us in that but then it's kind of like the road trip thing like you know that person is sharing something with you but you're also sharing something with them like they're they have something that they're giving to you Mm. in as much that you're giving something to them and so jesus he's he's sharing our sorrows and our sufferings and everything but he's also giving us his righteousness yeah this is what verse 11 says right out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, mm. and he shall bear their iniquities. And so that's another amazing thing, that Jesus shares his righteousness with us, <laughs> uh, that mm. he shares all of his goodness with us. Now, we're not God. We're creature, you mm. know, uh, but he makes us righteous. Like he is righteous as Jesus is as good, as lovely, as pleasing to the father as Jesus is. Mm -hmm. We don't often feel that way. I know Mm -hmm. that I don't like when I have this kind of attitude or I've done this thing or said this thing, but nonetheless, like Jesus shares his experience of righteousness with us. Mm -hmm. That is an amazing just truth Mm -hmm. um, that we should rejoice in as well. Um, Both of those things, as, as part of that shared experience. Amen. Absolutely. And so much good and, you know, a great word to just take with us from this passage of many, one of the great ones, uh, which we didn't really get into, but I think is worth meditating on is the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in the hands of Jesus, God's will will prosper. Mm. And we rest in those hands with him. So for Jeremy Brooks, this is Will Carlisle. And we're getting near the end of our little study through this part of Isaiah, which makes me sad. But it's not over yet, Jerry. Mm. So uh, for Jeremy Brooks, this is Will Carlisle. And we will see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.